0: The Batman, a mysterious and adventurous figure, fighting for righteousness and apprehending the wrongdoer in his lone battle against the evil forces of society. His identity remains unknown. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Dark Knight Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Jephtha, and we are going to begin the show with episode number one, We are going to focus on Detective Comics number 27. This is the original uh, comic book that introduced Batman to all... everybody. (laughs) This is the first time that he was ever seen in anything, whether that be comics, TV, movies, you name it. This was the first time he was ever introduced. Uh, And before we get into that, um, I kind of wanted to go over kind of the history. There is a very interesting... um, conspiracy sort of about the inception of Batman. Um, If you look at a lot of different, you know, modern comics, um, sometimes even movies uh, have done this as well. um, Not a lot of people give credit where credit should be due. A lot of people give credit to the creation of Batman to Bob Kane. Um, However, there was, there there is just as much credit to be given to Bill Finger uh, as well. Um, and I'll explain why in a second, but you got to understand that in the early thir- uh, 1930s um, or in the late 1930s, rather 1939, um, Superman had become a hit with action comics, um, and then the back then National Comics publications, which is now what we know of as DC Comics, they got the name changed. Uh, they wanted a lot more. Um, superheroes because Superman was so popular. So Bob Kane had created Batman. He had come up with this with this idea for Batman and he had worked with Bill Finger to create the uh, to create the character. Um, uh, Kane just had the idea for this character Batman, and he wanted Bill Finger to make uh, the drawings um, and he, he wanted he wanted Bill Finger to design it. And, um, they had differences with, uh, what the look was going to be. Um, Bob Kane's idea for what Batman should look like was a, a character that, I mean, of course he's trying to emulate Superman anyway, but he went with giving him reddish tights and, and boots, no gloves or gauntlets or anything like that. That would come on later. It had just the small, you know, mask that, you know, other superheroes use, like Green Arrow and Robin, that kind of small, just over the eyes kind of mask. And he was just swinging on a rope. Um, And uh, I think um, they also said that bat wings were also in there from the beginning. um, But it wasn't like one cape, it was like two wings flying out. Um, And so. Um, uh, of course, Bill Finger thought, you know what, <laughs> maybe this is not the best idea. So Bill Finger had given his, his input and given him, uh, the idea, um, uh, for, for what the, what the costume should actually look like. So we have Bill Finger to thank for creating the iconic look. Giving him the cowl and the ears and and the grayish tights and and the bat symbol uh, and everything like that. Um, whereas if he hadn't stepped in and if he hadn't said, you know what, Bob, l- let's not do that. Let's do this instead. Uh, we might have gotten something a little more cartoony than what uh, we than what we have today. Let's be honest. Um, so there was a lot going into this inception of Batman, but that that's the most. Interesting that I find that you know uh, Bill Finger does not get the credit that he deserves. Um, I can't, I I think now people have learned to respect that Bill Finger was a part of it, and they've started putting Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. But most of the credit goes to Bob Kane, which really shouldn't be the case because, like I just told the story, um, Bill Finger saved the day. <laughs> he saved the day um, and gave us the look. That we all know today. So we have him to thank for that. Now, this very first edition, this very first incarnation of Batman, um, comes in Detective Comics number 27. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, wait, but this is the first time that Batman's ever seen. Shouldn't this be a number one? Well, no, actually. (laughs) Uh, This was a part of Detective Comics. Detective Comics was just an anthology series like uh, The Twilight Zone or uh, something else, Alfred Hitchcock Hour, something like that, um, where all the stories were um, focused on um, different characters and stuff like that, different stories. And Batman was added to this issue. Just It's just one story. Um, it's literally only, I believe, um, seven pages long, I think. Um, it, it's It's short, uh, and you know, there's it's a, it's a really short series, uh, or story. But the comic book in and of itself had like 64 pages. Now if you go and look for, um, look for Detective Comics, uh, number 27 on Comixology or something like that, it's only seven pages long. Cause, <clears throat> cause it's only just the one story. However, um, this issue had as the, the cover art, um, the 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 Batman, <clears throat> the 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 advertisement for the Batman story. So this was the first time that we ever got to see that we ever got to see Batman. And uh, if you haven't seen uh, the cover before, I'll try to describe it as best I can. Um, basically, it's just Batman as we know him. Thank goodness, uh, with his blue and blackish costume uh, in gray tights. Um, with a yellow belt swinging on a rope and he's grasping onto some bad guy that he is, that he's caught. Um, none of this really has anything to do with the actual story itself. Uh, it's just a fun little poster that, uh, that we see and we're like, oh, that looks cool. And there are like two like mob guys who are like holding guns and, and looking up at this happening. Um, so this is the, the very first image that anyone has ever seen of the caped crusader. And then we go into the story and I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you. It's not very exciting back then in the 1930s. Uh, it probably was exciting, but nowadays I, I, I don't, it's not, it's not that exciting. Um, but I'll go ahead and read, uh, summarize the plot really quickly of this, uh, of this very first Batman story. Chemical plant owner Lambert was found stabbed with important contracts missing from his safe. His son found him and is immediately recognized as a suspect. At the time of the murder, Commissioner Gordon and his young socialite friend Bruce Wayne are hanging out at Gordon's house when Gordon gets the call about the murder. Bruce goes with him to the crime scene, and when they arrive, they begin to interrogate the son of Lambert, who tells him that he entered the library to find his father stabbed and lying on the floor. Meanwhile, Stephen Crane, one of Lambert's former business partners, is robbed and then murdered by the burglar. As the burglar and his partner escape on the roof of Crane's house, they come face-to-face with the Batman. Batman knocks out one burglar, and it is sort of implied that he kills the other, but I'll discuss that later. Batman grabs the paper the men were trying to steal. He reads it, and a grim smile comes to his lips. Another partner of Lambert's and Crane, Rogers... Ghost, there's a lot of, like names in this, goes to see a final partner, Alfred Striker. Striker's assistant knocks out Rogers and ties him under a glass gas chamber that comes down from the ceiling. But Batman arrives in time and saves Rogers from the gas and takes out the henchman. We find out Alfred Striker was the killer all along, trying to kill each of his former partners so he could take sole ownership of the business. Striker breaks himself free and trying to shoot Batman but Batman punches him, sending him to die in a tank of acid. Then Batman escapes, and the writer reveals to us that Batman, indeed, was Bruce Wayne all along. Well, (laughs) as I said, this is going to... This is probably going to be very confusing, and it took me a couple... I I can read this story, you know, pretty simply a couple of times, because, like I said, it's seven pages long. Um, But uh, the first panel it gives us that introduction that I actually used as the introduction to this podcast, um, kind of introducing to what the Batman is and that nobody knows his identity, of course, setting up for us finding out who the identity of Batman is by the end of the comic book. But, uh, the first panel that we get in this thing is, or second, rather the first real panel. That's not the title panel, uh, is just Bruce Wayne and commissioner Gordon just sitting around, smoking their pipes or whatever. I mean, it's the 1930s. This was this was very normal. Um, and uh, they're just sitting around, I don't know, just talking. <laughs> and uh, Bruce just randomly asks them, well, Commissioner, anything exciting happened the last couple of days or whatever? And um, then Commissioner Gordon's just like, well, no, except for that Batman fellow. He puzzles me it's it's this is like not the commissioner gordon that we're used to with the red hair and with the with the um glasses and the and the mustache although this one does have glasses and a mustache it's not the same commissioner gordon that we get further along the line but uh this guy just seems very I don't know, kind of like the bumbling uh, commissioner from the 1960s Batman. He's like, I have no idea who this Batman is, but I'm certainly glad that he's doing these things and, and, and all kinds of stuff. I just think it's funny. It, it, is, it does raise one of the most interesting things about this story. This is not an origin story. This is the first time we get a story about Batman, and it's not about his parents dying and then him you know, uh, becoming Batman that's not what the story is about. That, that, that's fascinating to me. There, there would be, um, I think four or five issues later, they would introduce that, um, that origin story of Batman. But for these few, first few, um, issues, these first few stories, um, it's not about him becoming Batman. It's not about his origin story. It's just, you know, these fun stories. Um, whereas I believe the first, issue of active or uh, active, what am I saying? Action comics, uh, of Superman is, uh, is entirely uh, about his origin and amazing fantasy 15. The first Spider-Man story is Spider-Man's origin story, but this is just not an origin story at all. It's just a simple, um, it's just a simple, uh, detective story, um, which I, I think is, is rather fascinating. Next, Commissioner Gordon gets a phone call, and he's, you know, listening in, and it's one of those conversations where he has to repeat every single thing that the person on the other line is, is saying so that they don't have to worry about creating another speech bubble for the phone or anything. Um, but what I think is so funny is just the next panel. Of course, Commissioner Gordon not having any idea who Batman is, that he's Bruce Wayne, and we all know that, not just based on the plot summary, but because, I mean, come on, it's, it's Batman. Um, he just turns to Bruce and he just says to him, and I, I just, he, uh, he just says to, to Bruce, um, I'm going to the, to the crime scene. Would you like to come along? <laughs> and then Bruce is just like, oh, well, nothing else to do, I guess. May as well. I'm not Batman or anything. <laughs> uh, I it just, it, it's, it's just so, so funny to me. Um, how, um, I mean, who does that? I mean, maybe it's because I don't have any friends within law enforcement, but what officer is like, you know, hanging out with a, with a friend and then they're like, hey, I got to go to a crime scene. You want to come with me? Um, I've never heard of that happening. And I just I think that's so odd. Um, but uh, of course, it doesn't raise any red flags for Commissioner Gordon that Bruce Wayne is even wanting to go. Or maybe he's just not thinking about it. I mean, he did just invite him to a crime scene, um, and so they drive away to the to the residence, and they find the the son found the father or something, and uh, so he's obviously the the first suspect. I mean, because you know, any time the per the first person to get to the murdered guy in any of these old crime shows obviously is going to be the murderer, right? I feel like that happened in every Perry Mason episode ever. Um, so back then, they were just quick to rush to conclusions or something. I don't know. It's very, uh, very odd to me. But um, the kid tells him the whole story and how he found his father lying there and moaning, A contract, contract, Oh. That was word for word exactly what the what the dying father says. He's just moaning about his, his contract and everything, and then he dies. And then Commissioner Gordon, of course, asks, are there any business partners that we might want to get a hold of? And then um, Lambert's son mentions a few names. That's not important at all, because I could literally say these names. You're not going to remember them in two minutes. You don't remember them from the plot summary. I don't remember them from the plot summary. They're just random businessmen. That's what I'm going to call them. Even the one who is the bad guy in the end is just random businessman number three. Because that's pretty much how, how this story just feels. It's just, hey, this guy's a businessman and, and he's about to die. Or he didn't die. Or he's the bad guy. Or something like that. Um, it's just it's just not told um, exactly well, um, but again, it's it's a seven page issue, so it's not anything to write home about. Um, but it is it is quite fascinating. He names all of them Stephen Crane, Paul Rogers, and Alfred Stryker. Um, it is funny that the last name that he says actually does end up being the bad guy as if, uh, okay, what was he knew all along? I don't know it, it's it, it's it's just funny, Good guessing, I guess. Um, I don't think that they even know who did it because commissioner Gordon has to talk to one of them. Um, I don't know who it is. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the business partners crane. I think that's it. It doesn't matter. I don't need to say names. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Businessman. Number one calls and says that Mr. Lambert had apparently gotten threat a a threat of some kind, um, an anonymous threat on his life. And then this guy who's on the phone with commissioner Gordon is saying that he got the same threat that very day, so he's calling up because now he's afraid he's gonna die, um, just like Lambert. Guess what? He's right because uh, right after that, um, Commissioner Gordon hangs up the phone. Bruce Wayne's like, "Hey, you know what? I'll let you do your thing. I'm gonna go home, aka not you know get changed and you know fight these fight these bad guys and try to save this guy's life or something." But um, this this guy Stephen Crane. Businessman number one, uh, uh, right after he hangs up the phone, this burglar comes in, uh, steals a piece of paper from the safe or something and then shoots businessman number one. Um, so now, um, businessman number one is dead and the murderer grabs a piece of paper and then he climbs up to the roof. I don't get why he climbs up to the roof. Why does he climb up onto the roof? Now, he has another partner up there. But did they have a helicopter up there? Like, why not go down to the getaway car? It's it's silly to me. But then we wouldn't have this epic scene of uh, them turning around while on the rooftop and seeing Batman's just standing there with his arms crossed. And he's just like staring at them with his cape. um, Awkwardly there uh, and then they turn around and they're like the Batman and they're, they're shocked. And then Batman attacks them. He punches one guy. And like I said, in the plot summary, um, it's implied that he kills the second guy because, well, let, let me just, let me just tell you the first panel or one of the panels on this page has him just punching a guy, you know, uh, with a sound effect crack. And then the next panel, he's got the other burglar, and the here's what the text box says he grabs his second adversary in a deadly headlock and with a mighty heave sends the burly criminal flying through space so batman takes this guy in a deadly headlock and flips him over his back and then the guy flies it doesn't say that he fell off the roof it doesn't say that he landed on the roof so, I don't know what to say. That guy is probably dead, I'm just going to say. And let me also point out that at this point, Batman had no rules, like he does later on, uh, with the not killing and, and using guns and stuff like that. Batman uses a lot of guns, actually, in these early comics. Um, he's got one on the on the plane. Well, then again, he has them on the plane all the time, uh, even now. Um, but yeah. Then he finds the, the piece of paper that they were trying to steal and he picks it up and then he goes back to his car and he reads it. And then um, he gets a, what is said, um, a grim smile comes to his lips. And if you look at this text box, it's funny. The, the lettering is just, it's funny. It looks like it says UPS ups. It's like the bottom of the L goes right into the bottom of the eye. So it looks like it's a U not L I. It looks like a U. So it looks like it says ups, but it really means lips. Um, I just, I just find that very funny, but uh commissioner Gordon ends up putting two and two together that there are two guys left and that they need to get to them before the murderer does. Uh, even though the two burglars were caught, they're not going to interrogate them in any way. No, seriously. Like, there's no scene of them finding the, the guys or interrogating them or anything. Oh, yeah. And I just saw this. Yeah. that man killed a guy. Because <laughs> on, on, on one of the panels, there's a guy on the ground and there's a guy on the roof. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's the first time that Batman has killed somebody in a comic book. Um, and you can read about it in this one. But uh, Batman then drives away. and then we get to businessman number two. Um, he goes to businessman number three, actually, um, after the news of of the death and then he he needs to he needs to see businessman number three really quickly. So businessman number three's assistant, um, Jennings. I'm just going to call him the businessman three's assistant because that's funnier. And (laughs) Uh, again, names don't matter in this thing because there's no point. Um, So businessman number two goes up to businessman number three's assistant uh, and uh, sees if he can see businessman number three. Well, businessman number three's assistant whacks him on the back of the head and knocks him out. Uh, Then he ties up businessman number two on this, okay, at first glance, it looks like a carpet, like like a cir- uh, circular blue carpet, which, by the way, does bring me to another interesting point. The, the coloring in this is so weird. Um, things don't match. Uh, even businessman number two's hat clashes with his coat the coloring is really weird. I don't know if it's just the reprint or if this is what it was in the original version. I mean, I know coloring was really hard to do back in, especially the thirties, but that, th- this is very weird. Um, so then, uh, he, so he, he ties him up in the middle of this circle thing. Um, and right above him, there's like this gas chamber, uh, up in the ceiling. Um, in fact, you actually wouldn't tell. It, it, it was hard for me to tell too, but this is a factory that he's in. It, it, you, your mind thinks that it's in an office or something, but it's actually just in a uh, in a factory of some kind. So now he's sitting right underneath some sort of gas chamber, like a glass gas chamber. That kind of reminds me of like the the cone of shame in Get Smart. Um, so it's just like hovering up there, and then it's going to come down right on top of businessman number two, and then. He's going to die that way. That's not suspicious at all. It's it, it, it will definitely kill him. But then the police will be like, well, he died in this uh, it, with with gas. And there's only one place in Gotham that um, or they don't even say a city. This isn't even technically Gotham yet. In fact, later on, the earlier comics put this put Batman in New York, which is funny because Gotham more resembles Chicago than it does New York. But in the early days, it was New York. So this isn't even Gotham, but the police would just be like, uh, oh, there's only one place here uh, in in this city that has a gas chamber. And then they would go there and find the the bad guy. Um, It's also not, uh, it's, looking back on this right now, especially with everything that happened in World War II, um, this would be like iffy. This was 1939, though. This was May 1939. So this was right around the time that the the Nazi regime was starting to rise. Um, So uh, the gas chamber and stuff wasn't as, oh, too soon sort of a thing. Um, It's just unfortunate timing, I guess. Um, But I guess they wanted to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand All this, um, the, this, this plot by the bad guy anyway, but we'll get to that in a second. So then right before the gas chamber comes down on top of this guy, Batman leaps through the open transom, which, I mean, I guess it's a factory, so of course the transom would be open, but why? (laughs) Uh, and then he, he leaps, uh, really fast into the gas chamber right before it comes down on businessman number two and Batman grabs a wrench and what did he grab? He grabbed a, a wrench. That was it. He just grabbed a wrench. And then he plunges the gas jet with a handkerchief, which I guess broke it or something. And then he breaks the glass with the uh, with the wrench. And then businessman number two's assistant attacks Batman with a gun. Batman tackles him. Um, and then knocks him out. And then businessman number three comes into the room and he's like, Whoa, what happened here? And then businessman number two is like, your assistant tried to kill me. And then businessman number three, of course said, so he didn't get you after all. Nope. Because he's alive right in front of you. And then, uh, then he's like, I'll finish you off by throwing your body in the acid tank below. And then Batman of course comes up right behind him, grabs the knife that he had. And, uh, then explains to businessman number two, the entire story, um, which, uh, is basically, he wanted to be the sole owner of the chemical plants and everything. Uh, and so he was killing everybody. He wouldn't have to pay to buy the different chemical plants. I don't know. It's a dumb plan. Uh, So now that he's explained everything to businessman number two, businessman number three is going to grab a gun from his suit coat and then shoot Batman. And of course, Batman is super fast or something. So he punches him right there and then the scaffolding like crumbles underneath this guy and then he falls through the railing into the acid tank below. And then he dies. So Batman has two kills in his very first comic. Uh, very interesting considering the kind of person that he would be later um, with the no killing rule. And I got to wonder where that started. I have to I have to look into that to find out what it was. Maybe somebody out there could tell me uh, what the first Batman story was where he decided, you know what? I'm not going to kill anyone. Um, but it's definitely not this comic. Um, so... Then at the end, Batman's like a fitting ending for his crime. And then businessman number two, of course, turns to Batman and Batman's not there. This is the first time that Batman has ever disappeared. Um, Like, I mean, nowadays that that's pretty normal. Like it's, it's in all the movies where Batman or where somebody just turns around and Batman's no longer there. Um, So it happened in here. Batman's disappeared. He's back in the transom off to avenge in the night or something. And then the final scene, well, not the final scene, the this next to final scene is just two panels where Bruce Wayne goes to Commissioner Gordon's office and uh, just listens to a story, I guess, because then he's like, well, a very lovely fairy tale, Commissioner. <laughs> and then Bruce Wayne leaves, and Commissioner's like, Bruce Wayne is a nice young chap, but he certainly must lead a boring life. Seems disinterested in everything. And little does Commissioner Gordon know, the very last scene of the comic book is Bruce Wayne returning to his home. And then, I guess, a little later, his door slowly opens. I don't know what door they're talking about, but his door opens and reveals its occupant. The commissioner could see his young, if if the commissioner could see his young friend now, he'd be amazed to learn that Bruce Wayne is... The Batman, and that is the end of it. So, a lot of strange stuff, to say the least. Um, I think that this is an enjoyable. I think this is an enjoyable story. Um, now, this is the very first Batman story ever, and I think it's enjoyable for that reason alone. I don't think that the villains plot is anything interesting it's definitely not a very good mystery if you're looking at it that way because we're not introduced to each of the characters so we're not like oh it must be him or him or something like that it's it's not that one of my favorite things growing up was watching perry mason which i mean wouldn't have been well at least the show wouldn't have been around during this time i wonder if the 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 books the the perry mason novels would have been written around this time But the episodes of the show, you know, wouldn't have been out at this time. But always one of the fun things about watching that show was each episode trying to figure out who did it. I mean, there were so many different people in there and me and my my family would be watching it together and we'd always be like, oh, I wonder if he did it. And we'd always be wrong because... There would be so many different clues and so many different ways in which you could go with the story, but eventually it all comes together in the end, and it's, uh, it's, it's fun in the end. This is not a very good detective story for that. Um, I wonder about the other stories that were in this issue, not just this issue, but just in the comic book in general, because all we know, or at least all that I know of, um, the only story to me is this story, Batman and the uh, the Case of the Chemical Syndicate. That's not even a very good name. <laughs> um, so that is that is it. That is the beginning of of this character that we all know and love. And we will continue looking at some more great classic Batman stories. Next week, I'm going to be discussing my favorite, Batman graphic novel or part one of my favorite Batman graphic novel actually um, it's a graphic novel that I only just read semi recently uh, I think the first time I ever read it was maybe a couple of years ago um, but when I read it I was like I was I, I was in love with it this is my favorite Batman graphic novel there is one chapter of the novel that I don't like as much, and we'll 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 talk about it. Um, but the the there there is some great stuff in this novel, and I'm going to take it um, part by part. There are four different um, chapters in the story, so I'll take a look at each of them. Um, they were separated into issues, so I'll take a look at them issue by issue. So I'm not, you know, making an hour long podcast or anything like that. Um, but uh, we will discuss that next week. And if you're wondering what that is, I'll go ahead and spoil it for you. It's The Dark Knight Returns, my favorite Batman how, I don't, I don't even know if I would say Batman, favorite Batman story but it's up there. It's my favorite Batman graphic novel of all time. Favorite Batman comic book of all time. And we'll discuss that uh, next week. So join me for that and we will have a good time uh, reviewing that. Now if you'll excuse me the bat signal is calling.